I can remember being so angry to the point of rage where I actually started to beat him with my fist while we were talking about his affair. He was disclosing to me another layer, yet again, another drip about it's not just kissing, it's not just emotional, but we've actually been sleeping together. I was so angry that I actually began to hit him over and over and over again, which is extremely out of character for me. Looking back, I realized that I was dealing not only with normal emotions due to a dripping process of disclosure, but I was also grieving. I was dealing with sadness and overwhelm as well as extreme anger. Hey beautiful, welcome to Beauty Beyond Betrayal. Have you discovered your husband's been having an affair? Do you just want the pain to stop and be able to take a deep breath again? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling how to save your marriage, heal from an affair? Do you wake up with the hope that this nightmare would end only to feel crushed and humiliated because your husband acts like the affair was really your fault and now you're left obsessing with where he is and if he's seeing her again? Hey, I'm Lisa. I too was devastated when I discovered my husband was having an affair. I too felt the pain would never end and wished he would just stop the affair and we could restore our marriage. I wanted the weight of the trauma to be lifted so I could breathe again and be able to have someone, anyone help me climb out of the dark miry pit of despair so I could begin to heal and be confident in me again. But I kept telling myself, He won't stop seeing her. Must have been my fault. And this pain, it'll never go away. Until I found hope and healing in Christ, along with simple techniques that helped me to learn how to recover from the betrayal. In this podcast, you'll discover what betrayal trauma really is, learn simple techniques to heal and recover, and get biblical guidance to help you make the right choices as you heal from the affair so you can be free from the heartbreak and the pain, and rise in confidence once again to be the woman God created you to be. So beautiful, grab your favorite latte or a glass of wine, snuggle up on the couch and focus on yourself for a few minutes. Let's dive into what it really means to rise up from the ashes of betrayal and loss into a life that you really desire. Welcome back to another show, beautiful. I'm glad you decided to join me on a new episode of Beauty Beyond Betrayal. Today, we're going to be talking about the different stages of grief in betrayal trauma. You know, when we have discovered the betrayal, whether it's through pornography, whether it is through an emotional affair or a sexual betrayal, you know, it plunges us deep into pain, devastation, disillusionment, loss, and grief. And the reason why we experience grief at such a deep level is because we've lost trust in our partner. We've lost the relationship that we thought we once had. Maybe it's the loss of trust of others, especially a loss of trust in yourself. Maybe it's the loss of your sense of self or even the loss of trust 
and God. These are all normal responses when it comes to grief due to betrayal. And we're going to dive deep in that today because I've had a few women who are dealing with grief and beautiful, I don't want you to get stuck in this process. And it is a process when we're talking about betrayal trauma. It is one of the layers that we have to heal from. And it can be excruciating. You know, when we have lost a loved one, there is some sort of a closure because of a death. Well, when it comes to betrayal, there is a death of a relationship and maybe a future of what we thought it was going to be. Um, Maybe it is, you know, the loss of memories of the past, of what we thought the past actually was, because it wasn't what we thought it was, right? I know that was a tongue twister. But anyway, we are looking at loss nonetheless, and this produces grief. And there are many stages. You know, some women express that it shakes you to the very core, You lose trust in everyone and in everything, even in God. There are those that just say, you know, God could have stopped the affair. God could have stepped in and intervened, but he didn't. Why? Why wouldn't he have just stepped in? So it causes a lack of trust or it causes an anger towards God that can also be very grievous to us because we're like, wait a minute, why am I feeling that way towards my Lord and my God, right? But beautiful, those are also normal trauma responses when you're in the throes of it. Well, let me answer this first before I go on. God didn't stop it because he gave us free will. He loves us so much that he gave each and every one of us free will to make choices, either good or bad. And when your husband made that poor choice, it wounded God's heart far beyond before it wounded yours. He betrayed God before he betrayed you. So God certainly understands the pain and the grief that you feel because he feels it himself. But he loves us so much that he gave us free will. So back to the grief. You know, when you discover the sexual betrayal, you are going to go through many different stages of grief. And, you know, there are some out there that say there are five stages, there are seven stages, there's all these different stages, right? Well, I know it was first coined by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in 1969. She was the one that first identified five different stages of grief, and those included denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Well, There are also those of the school of thought that there are two more. And I kind of agree with that, that there are also shock and obsession that we deal with in the grief process. So I'm going to kind of break that down for you today. And I would encourage you to grab your notebook, grab your pen, and write some notes on this one because I'm going to talk to you not only about the different stages, of the grief itself, but also how do you know if you're in this stage and how do you not get stuck there? Because we certainly don't want you stuck in a stage of grief. So let me first say this, grief and healing from grief is never linear. I know we wish it was, but it isn't. 
The stages are not linear. In fact, you might be in one stage at one period of time, or you might find that they're overlapping. You might be in two or three stages at the same time, and then you might work yourself out of a stage only to find that you're repeating it later on, bouncing in between the stages from minute to minute. And that can seem so frustrating, but beautiful, it is a part of your healing process. So I do want to point out to you that healing from grief takes time. This is not something that's going to be a one and done overnight and you're going to be good to go. I wish it was, but it's just not the case. Grieving takes time. So I want you to grant yourself some grace. I want you to be very patient and kind with yourself and recognize that each stage is something you work through, not sit in. Let me say that again. Grief is something you need to work through, not sit in, because you never want to get stuck there. When you do, it is only going to bring more trauma and devastation to you. So let's talk about the different stages. The first one I want to address is shock. Now, when you find out that your husband has had an affair, betrayed you in some way, shape, or form, you are definitely going to be in shock. And the reason why is because you've been slapped between the eyeballs with this initial discovery of your husband's betrayal and deceit. It is life-shaking. It is shattering, devastating, to say the least. And the reactions during this stage, well, they can vary greatly. And oftentimes, our behavior can get very extreme. Now, betrayal in and of itself sends us into that fight and flight mode where we want to, you know, put up our dukes and we want to fight our way out of this because we know that we're in danger or we want to flee from it. We want to run as fast as we can and get away from the trauma and the pain. Or sometimes we jump over into a complete freeze state where we go numb, we're frozen. We don't know how we're going to go on. We don't know how we're going to live through it. Even sometimes we question, why should I even try? Some of you might have had that lingering in your mind. And we need to find a way to get through this because we don't want to just simply survive it, but we want to work through it. Now, again, some women completely shut down, unable to get out of bed, not showering, taking care of themselves, maybe not eating, um, can't function with daily tasks, right? That was me in the initial stages for that first week. I shut down. I couldn't function. I didn't get out of bed. I didn't want to eat. I ate very little. All I could do was hold my Bible and cling to it closely to my chest. That's all I could do in those early stages. You know, others, they may lash out at their husbands or anyone that's in their path because they are in the anger stage. They are rageful at this time. We find ourselves unable to actually control our emotions at this point, which may include the ups and downs of the tears 
anger, laughter, maybe just emotionless at some point, right? That's also when we find ourselves going into that hyperarousal state where we want to become closer to our husbands. And usually, let me just say that this is a short-term um, coping mechanism that we uh, gravitate to. Uh, we use it to try to become closer to our husbands during that time because of fear of losing what we used to have, that relationship, um, memories, things of that nature. So some studies have actually shown that during the initial shock stage that it gives us a level of anesthesia. It actually helps us cope with the pain. And that's that high intensity that we go into because the trauma is so great. The front of our brains, which is where the amygdala is housed, which is the survival mechanism of the brain, goes into full-blown mode. And it starts the survival process. The rest of our brain shuts down and it's kind of like mayday, mayday. We're in danger and we have to be able to cope. This is our body's way of allowing us to only feel as much as we can handle at this point because too much is too unbearable. So our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made and God created us this way so that we would have a coping mechanism in times of trauma. And then as the shock starts to wear off, you might find yourself moving into other stages. They can bring on greater pain, but I want to tell you that the way to healing through all of this is to go through the pain, not to sweep it under the rug, not to numb it, but you have to work through it. There is no magic pill, beautiful. I wish there was, but there's not. There's no secret tip that I can give you. You're not going to be able to jump over this hurdle or shortcut it in any way, shape, or form. In order to heal from the pain, you must walk through it. But I do guarantee you that if you do the work, you're going to heal because there is hope. So how do you recognize if you're in the phase of shock? Well, this stage is not so much about the lights and the sirens and the, the signs as it is about the initial discovery of your husband's betrayal. This is where the shock stage is usually around the initial discovery. This is usually lasting a few weeks to a few months, depending upon how well you process, how well you can raise your tolerance level, and how well you can also regulate your nervous system. So this is an initial stage. The second stage is denial. Now, this is where we are denying all of this. And it's common to move between shock and denial. It really is. And denial usually follows shock because it's often hard for your brain to even comprehend and grasp what's been going on. It just, it's in survival mode and that's about it. And it's harder to grasp the reality of what's occurred because your husband, he has shattered your trust and he's broken his vows. The promises that he gave to you 
before God and others have been completely demolished. And so that leaves you shattered. And so a lot of times, if we're not in shock, then we're in denial. We are denying this because we it, the pain is too great. I can't deal with it. So I'm just going to deny it's even happening. Or you're pretending that it's not there. A lot of women do this when they see a lot of red flags. They pretend they don't see them because they don't want to deal with it. So how do you recognize if you're in this stage? Well, this could be an emotional affair that your husband had and you reason with it by saying, well, at least he didn't have a physical sexual affair with her. This is where you're actually denying the depth of the infidelity because it's betrayal, whether it's an emotional or physical affair. Then you may simply shrug your shoulders and assume there's nothing you can do about it. You're like, well, I can't control him. Um, I've asked him to stop and he's not going to do it. And so there's nothing I can do about it. Well, this kind of denial skips all the stages of healing, and this keeps you in a victim mentality. And beautiful, that is a dangerous place to be because God never wants you to stay a victim. He wants you coming through this victoriously, and you can. Now, another way to know if you're in this stage is if you find yourself saying, well, I don't want to know, (laughs) or you're avoiding the conversations about his betrayal. These are signs that you're in the denial stage. Well, how do you not get stuck there? Well, the key is to begin to allow yourself to actually feel the emotions that come. And I know some of you are pushing back on me on that one saying, wait a minute, what? I've got to feel that pain? Yes, beautiful. Remember I said you have to go through it. You can't jump over it. That's the way to healing. So whether the emotions are good or bad, allowing yourself to feel the emotions and to process them and work through it is key to your recovery. Now, you may find that it's very scary to go there alone. And if that's the case, definitely reach out to a trauma-informed coach or a therapist, counselor, someone who can walk you through healing from betrayal. And that is the key for you, is to have someone who has been there themselves, but is also trained in this so they can help guide you through. And beautiful, if you are needing that right now, I have a few spots available in my calendar for coaching clients. And I can get on a 20-minute free clarity call with you and we can find out where you currently are in your journey, where you would love to be. And then we can devise your plan for you to actually get you through to recovery. Again, I don't want you to stay stuck here, beautiful. We can work you through this process and actually come out on the other end loving your life again. So I've got a few spots available below in the show notes. You can click on the link where it says www.affairrecoveryplan.info. You can schedule your clarity call right there. It's free and we can jump on that call together. All right. How do you not get stuck in the denial stage? Well, honey, the key is to allow yourself to feel it once again. All right, the next stage is obsession. Now, this one, um, I kind of got stuck in for a little while, to be honest with you. This was a stage that I started obsessing 
over where he was. I was obsessing over checking his phone records, his email, his social media accounts. I checked everything. It was like every 15 minutes. I I mean, talk about obsession. It was ruining my life. And I had to come to a realization that if I didn't stop that, that it was literally going to destroy me. And I was stuck in this phase for a while. Well, when you are in the obsession stage, again, this is where you begin to wonder and fear over all the possibilities of of future deceptions, future betrayals. So you're so fearful of it that you find yourself hyper-focused on searching everything that he is doing. You might be following him. You might be you know, telling him to call you every hour on the hour. Again, checking all the social media, phone records, what have you. You're caught in a cyclone of painful details and frenzied analyzations, you know, concerning yourself and him and the relationship that you used to have. But you're also hyper-focused on the relationship that he had with the other woman or with an online chat room, whatever it was. So you are hyper-focused and you're obsessed through it. So how do you recognize if you're in this stage where you spend your time thinking and spinning all the details of the betrayal over and over and over again? That's one of the ways. All your free energy and time is consumed uh, checking where he is all the time, checking phones, tracking where they are, looking at emails, policing their activities. You're in a hyper vigilance at all times. All conversations with anyone that you are talking to always lead back to his addiction or his betrayal. They always do. And you're obsessively, uh, you're obsessing over perceived threats. You're wondering if danger is lurking behind every bush. You are, you know, wondering, is it going to be today that the shoe's going to drop and he's going to tell me that he saw her again? Or did he talk to her again? Is he thinking about her? All of this is in that obsession stage. So how do you not get stuck here? Well, self-care is critical during this stage. You have to make time to nurture yourself. You have to have an environment of healing for yourself. So this is where you get to focus on your physical, emotional, and spiritual self-care. Each and every day, beautiful. (laughs) That means no matter how you're feeling. If you're having a hard day and all you can do is cry out, Jesus, help me, then that's your self-care. You do that. Whatever it takes, self-care is critical. Focusing on yourself and your healing rather than your husband's activities will help you to gain a sense of control once again. And you need this right now. You need to have some sense of control back into your life. So this will help you. Now, removing threats from your space by creating boundaries for yourself is another way to not get stuck. So if your spouse is still actively engaged with his dangerous behavior, he's still seeing her, talking to her, still looking at pornography, well, you need to determine the amount of space and healing you're going to need to heal. Maybe that's separating and living in separate quarters, like separate homes. Maybe that's a therapeutic separation within the same home. 
whatever that looks like for you. Or if he's still continuing that, you just basically tell him no contact with me and we are completely separated until this stops. And if you don't stop, well, it will lead to detrimental circumstances for you. That is up to you when it comes to setting your own boundaries. Then I want you to become in tune to your body. This is where somatic techniques come in, where you're doing somatic exercises to help your body release the trauma that it's experiencing. And the last one I want to tell you is this. Find safe people to communicate with. Tell them you're actually obsessed with his betrayal and you need help. Again, safe people, those you trust completely, friends and family members, a good coach who's trauma-informed, a counselor or a therapist, those you can confide in and will maintain your trust. Those are the ones that you want to build rapport with and get into community with. Now, beautiful, I think I'm going to make this a two-parter because we've gone on long enough today, and I think we're going to uh, stop here, and we're going to come back on Friday to finish this uh, two-part series on the stages of grief in betrayal trauma. So put your pen and paper down, save it for Friday, and go back and listen to this again. Make sure you do some homework for yourself this week. Assess where you are. See if you're in any of these stages so far and start to work through them so that you don't get stuck. I'll be back on Friday for the second part of the stages of grief and betrayal trauma. Until then, beautiful, I'm cheering you on in your healing journey. And if you are in need of someone to guide you through, I would be so honored to be that person for you. God bless, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. I hope you enjoyed today's show and found hope, healing, and encouragement. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can even screenshot this episode and share it on IG or Facebook stories. This is how we get the message of hope and healing out to all women who are in the midst of betrayal and loss. If you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and take the next step in your healing, make sure to reach out to me and schedule your breakthrough coaching call today. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of any circumstance that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful.